Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. I greet you in the precious name of Jesus. I'm always excited about the word, and I'm excited about the word for this night. I'm excited about the word that shall manifest and, and take root in your life. So I'm going to open up in prayer, and we're going to dive right on into the word of God. Father God, we come now. Give me glory, give me honor, give me praise, oh God. Thanking you, oh God, for yet this day that you have made, oh God, and we shall continue to rejoice and be glad in it, oh God. I thank you for each and everyone who's listening under the sound of my voice, oh God. I thank you for their lives, oh God. I thank you, oh God, for opening up their ears that they may hear this word, open their hearts that the, the word may go into their hearts, oh God. We thank you right now, oh God, for all that's going to be said and done on tonight. We ask you to crucify flesh now. We remove flesh aside, oh God. We come against any distraction that will try to hinder this word from going forth in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. We thank you. We bless your name now. Peace and all blessed. We ask you, your son, Jesus, and we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, so uh, I'm going to do a quick recap of last week's Bible study. Last week was part seven of Spiritual war- Warfare Training. So, so last week was Spiritual Warfare Training part seven, and we talked about the warfare team. Uh, so last week was about the warfare team, and, and, and we talked about, of course, that as a child of God, you never learn spiritual warfare. And we talked about, of course, you're supposed to win because when you're in Christ, You've already once you have to accept your victory regardless of what it looks like now and how we can't allow demons to bully us, but you bully them because they don't get to play on your turf. And, uh, and that demons don't own anything on this earth. They only have temporary residence there because they stole it. So God's children, we need to reoccupy that territory. And there are five key players on the warfare team. There are five key players on our spiritual warfare team. And that's God, number two is Jesus, three Holy Spirit. Four angels and number five brothers and sisters in Christ. And we talked about how any of these five key players is enough by themselves. One of these five key players is enough by themselves to completely win a spiritual warfare. Satan is no match for any of these four. The first four and the fifth key player, which is us, Satan and the demons are no match for us when we're in Christ. So Satan and the demons, they do have power, but they don't have power over any of these five key players on the warfare team. So in other words, you're never alone. You have an entire team working in your favor, entire team that, that, that has your back. So you have nothing to be worried about, nothing to be afraid of, nothing to fret, because we already won. Victory has already been won, but we just have to walk forth because, again, we're all in warfare because the enemy is raging war against our lives. He's raging war against the children of God, but there's nothing to be afraid of. We have to go forward. We have to fight anything that any puts in our way, any, any attack that he tries to bring our way. We have to fight back in the spirit realm and continue to move forward. And the thing is, God, knowing that the victory is already completed. Okay, so that's just a brief recap of last week about our warfare team. That pretty much that you have an entire team on your side. Um, so there's nothing to be concerned with. So tonight, uh, we're going to pick up on part eight. Tonight, tonight is part eight of spiritual warfare training. And tonight, we're going to talk about working with angels, working with angels. Uh, so understand that that God has assigned angels to protect you in warfare. And it's another reminder, again, that you're not alone. You're not alone in warfare. Okay? And so you must be reminded that everyone in God's army plays a significant role. 
our role is carried out on earth. So they are angels who help us carry out our role on earth. They help you to execute some of your assignments. There are some things the enemy has thrown at you that you knew nothing about because God sent an angel to block it. So in other words, you got to thank God for deliverance that you didn't even know you needed because he blocked some things. So thank God for the deliverance that you did not even know that you needed. So there's consistently spiritual activity going on. Hear this clearly. There is consistently, consistently spiritual activity going on. And while our flesh is resting, our spirit never sleeps, and angels and demons don't sleep. So you should be encouraged in whatever you face in life because in the end you win, and you get to celebrate the victory on earth, and you get to celebrate the victory in heaven. So you get to have a party here on earth, and you get to have a party in heaven when you go home to be with the master. Okay? So there's nothing to be concerned about. So the enemy has waged war, as I said earlier, against the body of Christ. But he needs to know that we will never back down from a fight that we know we have already won. We are not going to back down. We are not going to shrink back. We're not going to go ball up in the corner and be afraid because we've already won. And this is where your faith comes in. Your faith in God gives you a boldness that could never be found in your flesh. I'm say that again. Your faith in God gives you a boldness that could never be found in your flesh. This is another reason why Satan and his demons tried to get you to live in fear or to simply be fearful to do what God calls you to do. So Satan wants you to be afraid to walk in power and authority because he knows there is nothing he can do to stop you when you're walking in it. He couldn't do it with Jesus because he didn't take Jesus' life. Jesus laid down his own life for you and I. And fear, watch this now, fear, we talk about the spirit of fear all the time. Fear is one of Satan's favorite weapons to use against us. The spirit of fear is one of Satan's hardest working demons because it makes room for so many other demonic spirits to attack. So therefore, you have to rebuke fear. And everything God created, we say it time and time again, everything God created, Satan tried to duplicate. duplicate. So in the spirit realm, fear is the opposite of faith. And Jesus said that all we needed was a small little tiny seed of faith at the size of a mustard seed. And that little bit of faith could cause an entire mountain to be cast in his seed. It could cause an entire mountain to be removed out of your way. So in spiritual warfare, Satan sends the spirit of fear because he knows all that's required is a small seed of amount of fear to automatically take us out of the supernatural. He knows we cannot please God without faith. As God said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So Satan knows that if fear is ignited in your life on earth, it automatically limits your power and authority. So you have to die to fear and live in faith. You say, I'm living by faith. Come with me. I'm going to live by faith. And this is also why there are times when you need to have faith for someone else who's walking in fear. There may be someone that you know that you come in contact with because of a certain situation. It's, the enemy has sowed that seed of fear, and now they're walking in fear. So you can have faith for someone else who's walking in fear. And that's how you shine your light in their life. You're exposing darkness, which is fear is darkness. You're exposing darkness and bringing light to their life in a time of weakness. They may be going through a time of weakness, but you're bringing strength to them. You're bringing faith to them because they need it. So someone else can be going through and need an encouraging word. They may be weak, but you can bring your faith to the table to strengthen them. You can have enough faith for them to be set free. You can have enough faith for them to be healed. You can have enough faith for them to get through the situation. So you're bringing your light to that darkness. 
So understand, you're bringing the kingdom of God to them. You're bringing the kingdom of God to their lives because the kingdom of God is what in you. Luke 17 to 21, the kingdom of God is in you. So understand. So ultimately, the enemy is trying to get you to step outside of your rank because they get a clear shot at you when, they're, when they attack. So they're trying to get you to step below your rank. They're trying to get you to walk in fear so they can get a clear shot at you. But God will send an angel to minister to you, to encourage you, to help build your faith back up. So understand, you are a warrior for Christ. You are a warrior for Christ, and angels have been assigned to you to help you keep your spiritual weapon sharpened. They've been assigned to help you keep your spiritual weapons sharpened. Even while you sleep, the enemy tries to attack, but you have angels working on your behalf. And this is why you should never take prayer lightly. It is too important. It's too powerful to take lightly. You should never take prayer lightly because prayer keeps your angels fully employed in your life. I'm going to say that again. You should never take prayer lightly because prayer keeps your angels fully employed in your life. And spiritual warfare is all about seed sowing. Watch this now. Spiritual warfare is all about seed sowing. Satan sows seeds and God sows seeds. So you have the power to uproot the bad seed and receive the good. And not only does God sow good seed, but because you have the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ, it is your duty to sow good seeds on earth and in the lives of others. So it could be through word or deed, through your word or through, what you, through your actions. So God gave you power and authority so you would have the capacity to receive the spiritual transactions from heaven and manifest them on earth. So you can receive spiritual transactions and manifest them on earth. Because earth, again, is where we're supposed to rule. This is, this is the place that God told us to have dominion in. So you and I are to rule on this earth. So as God's child, you are a boss on earth because you are to manage God's earthly assets. You are to dominate evil, and you are to usher in the presence of God. I'm going to say that again. As God's child, you've accepted Jesus Christ. That makes you a child of God. As God's child, you are a boss. You are in charge here. On this earth, and you are in charge, and he expects you to manage his earthly assets. He expects you to dominate evil, and he expects you to usher in his presence. Okay? So that's what we talk about, the glory of God showing up in the place. You have the ability to usher in the presence of God to put, so that the, the presence of God can be manifested in your lives and in the lives of others. So don't worry about damages you incur in spiritual warfare. Don't worry about the damages you incur in spiritual warfare because as God's child, you have full coverage, and everything will be upgraded. Again, don't worry about the damages that you may incur in spiritual warfare because as God's child, you have full coverage, and everything will be upgraded. In other words, you don't lose anything, but you only gain. And when you walk in your power and your authority, the more the enemy tries to take from you, the more God will keep adding on to you. So understand this. The Holy Spirit teaches you, and angels help you. Enforce what you've been taught. The Holy Spirit teaches you. Angels can help reinforce what you've been taught. So they push you to keep going. Angels tend to have a difficult time understanding why on earth as humans we struggle with prayer. Why do we struggle with God's word? Why do we struggle with being obedient to God? Angels, that's, that's perplexing to them. That's puzzling to angels because they're like, why don't you just get it? You're, you're the righteousness of God. Just do what God says. It's simple. You know, that's how angels look at it. 
because because you know, but we have the human condition, and so that's why we got to continuously move this flesh aside. So the same way we learn from angels, they learn from us. They learn by watching us to know how to better deal with us on earth. So angels also watch us and learn from us so they can figure out how to better deal with you and I on earth. So understand, God is not looking for you to recreate the wheel. He's just looking for you to execute the plan he has already set in place. He's already set a plan in place, and he just wants you to execute it on earth. God may do a new thing in your life. He may do a new thing through you on this earth that will bless many others, but it's not new to heaven. So that's why we have to stay humble, stay obedient to what God is leading us to do. So it's safe to say that by the time we get the revelation from, from the Holy Spirit, angels have likely already been informed. So again, angels play a very important role. We do, you and I do God's will on earth, and there are angels who are assigned to successfully, I mean, to help us successfully carry it out. God gave us an assignment. He gave us territory to rule in. Okay? Like I say, your home, your job, your community, that's territory God gave you to rule in. Okay? And so he gave you that territory to rule in, and then there are angels that he will assign to help us to successfully do it. So understand this. God has a set time for specific things that he will do in your life. And no one knows when he will do it except Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Okay? So the angels may have been told specific plans of God, but they don't know the exact time until, they're, until it's told to them. So understand. So the enemy doesn't know what God is up to. But they will try to stop you and I from finding out. So that's why we cannot stop praying. So we know that we absolutely, again, let me make this clear, we're absolutely not, we are not to worship angels. We worship God. Angels are on divine assignment from God to assist us. They're working for us. They're working for God on our behalf. So when we pray, God often uses angels to deliver the answers to our prayers. So again, when we pray, God often uses angels to deliver the answers to our prayers. Like we talked about last week about the warfare team. We talked about God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, angels, and our brothers and sisters in Christ. So angels are on our warfare team. They're with us to help us, to push us forward, to help us carry out the, uh, our, our God-given assignments. They help, they, they help reinforce what the Holy Spirit has already taught us. So understand. So don't let what you see or hear in the physical take you off your prayer game. Frail prayer will break down the walls the enemy built to block you. And oftentimes, angels tear down those walls for you. So again, that's why it's important for us to understand the role that angels play in our lives and how we need to work with angels and how that looks. How does it look to work with angels? Okay, so uh, let's go to Matthew 26. That's Matthew 26, verses 50 to 54. All right, and it reads, But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him, and suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest, and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? Okay, so watch this now. So here, Jesus had been betrayed, and he was in the process of being arrested. And one of his disciples, who we know now, was Peter. So Peter pulled out a sword and cut off the ear of one of the servants who came to arrest Jesus. But then Jesus rebuked Peter. Because it was not a time to fight. It wasn't time to fight. So it was not time for him to pull out his sword. When you, and understand, so when you and I use the right strategy 
at the right time in spiritual warfare, you get instant results in the spirit that manifest in the natural. And in this case, if you pull out a sword to fight, when it's not a time to fight, you may die by that same sword. If you pull out a sword to fight, when it's not a time to fight, you may die by that same sword. So Peter was getting in, in the way of our lives being saved because Jesus said, okay, this has to happen because I'm dying for the sins of all mankind. So Peter was getting in the way of that. He thought it was time to fight. So that's why Jesus rebuked Peter. He said, this ain't the time to pull out your sword because this is for your sake. Okay? And so understand, to effectively engage the enemy in warfare, we need strategy from God because demons are trained for warfare. So if demons are trained for warfare, so should we. We should be trained as well. So understand, so we discuss that we don't follow God's instructions. When you and I, when we don't follow God's instructions, we allow the devil to have an open attack. And he can legally play by his own rules when we don't walk in obedience. But when he plays by his own rules, we're now out of position, and he doesn't have to ask God's permission to attack. And this could cause great damage to us because Satan does not play fair. So don't give the enemy a free shot to attack when you chase after your will instead of chasing after God's will, and God's will should become your will. So, so, so we don't have a will. Put your will down and pick up the will of God. Father, what is your will for my life? What do you want me to do? I want your will to become my desires, your will to become my will. So understand. So Jesus corrected Peter and reminded him that he could have prayed. So watch this now. This is a very powerful thing to understand. So Jesus told Peter, he said, look, Peter, he said, I could have prayed to God, and he could send 12 legions of angels to fight right now. And a legion generally uh, consisted of 6,000 soldiers. So 12 legions of angels would be 72,000 angels that would come to fight. So Jesus pretty much said, look, Peter, I know what's going on. I know that you're upset because they're coming to arrest me. You want to fight and protect me and defend me and all that stuff like that. But he said, no, I got to go. I got to do this for, for, so that you can be saved, so that everyone else can be saved. But he said, but don't get it twisted now. Let me let you understand. He goes, I could call my father right now, and he could send 72,000 angels to come and fight on my behalf. So Jesus' role in the battle was to be a sacrifice for us so that we could be back in right relationship with God. However, our role is to be a living sacrifice unto God and submit fully to his will. And so every soldier has different roles, and we must stick to the plan. And when you stick to God's plan, you will always get God's results. So this, again, shows the power of prayer. So watch this now. We know Jesus was our example. He, she came. He said, look, this is how you're supposed to do it. Follow my example. Do what I did. I'm the model. Jesus said, I'm the model. Do what I did. And you are able to do what I did. And not only are you able to do what I did, but you're able to do more than what I did because I'm going to give you my power. I'm, I'm going to give you my authority. The power is the Holy Spirit. The authority is of Jesus Christ. And so guess what? Because Jesus was our example, and he showed us the way to go. And he said, follow me and do what I do. And greater works you shall do. And I'm going to do the work through you. Then you too can pray to God, and God could provide, just as he provided him with more than 72,000 angels to fight the battle, we have that same right. Because, again, when Jesus was being attacked, he said, do you not think I can call to my father? And he could send me 12 legions of angels, 72,000 angels, to come and fight. You have the power and the ability to call to heaven through prayer, no matter what you're going through. And depending on how big the warfare is, God, you can get 72,000 angels that can go to war on your behalf because they Again, work for God on our behalf. So you have that same power and authority because our life is hidden in Christ. So you have the ability through prayer to cause thousands of angels to fight on your behalf because you are that important to heaven. 
And you got to understand this key principle. You are important to heaven. You are God's child. You are the breath of God. He cherishes you. He loves you. He wants you to walk in obedience. He wants, he has great things for you. You have an entire inheritance from God and God is our inheritance. And if God's our inheritance and God is all things and God is all things, there's nothing to worry about, nothing to be concerned about, nothing to be afraid of. And God is all things. And you have the ability to pray to God and thousands of angels can come and fight on your behalf because, again, you are that important to heaven. So you got to understand this. You are important to heaven. It matters what you face. It matters to God what you go through. It matters to God what you're facing. The only thing is he's saying, look, and I say week after week after week after week, God is not getting off his throne. He told us to rule on earth. So he's saying, I've already given you my power. I've already given you my authority. Now you go forth and do the work on earth. And then Christ said, look, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to do the work through you. You just have to show up. Give me an opportunity to do the work through you. Just say yes to my will. But you're important to heaven. You are important to heaven. Go ahead and say it right now. I am important to heaven. Say it again. I am important to heaven. It is so. so you got to believe that. You got to say it until you really believe it. Understand that you matter. Okay? Let's go to Exodus 23. Exodus 23, verses 20 through 23. Again, Exodus 23, verses 20 through 23. Then it's Exodus 23, beginning at verse 20, and it reads, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. So here we see God was instructing Moses. And God told Moses, he said that he would send an angel before him to keep him and to bring him to the place that God prepared. So understand this. We talk about working with angels. God sends angels to escort you into the place he has prepared for you on earth and in heaven. On earth and in heaven. So again, you have angels who will escort you into the place that God has prepared for you on earth. They'll prepare the way for you. And also when we die, go to heaven, there's an angel that comes uh, and escort us to heaven. Okay? Come on a chariot, etc., and they escort us to heaven. So again, they escort us to our next destination uh, where God has prepared for us on earth and to the place God has prepared for us in heaven. Okay? And so in this passage, it's believed that God was referencing Christ who appeared because Christ can pardon our sins. He pardoned our sins. So they could not identify him as being Christ at this time. Uh, during Moses' time, because it was not yet for, 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 for Jesus, time for Jesus to come to earth in the flesh. So either way, it's evident that God will still send, send angels to help us reach a destination. And some, some, some things are sometimes out of our immediate reach in the spirit, I mean, in spiritual warfare. So there's some things that are out of our reach in spiritual warfare, but that's why God sends angels who can grab it for us. So there's angels who can, there's some things we can't reach, we can't get to in spiritual warfare because of how, how heavy the battle is. But thank God for angels who can reach and grab it for you. So Jesus is not an angel, but it was in fact, but if, if in this passage it, wasn't, it was talking about Jesus, he was disguised as being an angel because it was not yet his time, as I said. So God's timing is important, not because he needs time, but we need time because we live in time. And so 
you're that important to him. So because we live in time, time becomes important to God because we live in time and we're important to God. And so God told Moses that he would be an enemy to his enemies. He said, I will be an enemy to your enemies. And so God sends angels with specific instructions and we must be obedient to those instructions. And when we obey God's instructions, he will be an enemy to our enemies. Whatever comes against you is coming against God. Whatever is an enemy of yours becomes an enemy of God. So when you're doing the will of the Lord, your enemies are God's enemies. They aren't coming against you, but they're coming against God. Let's go to Psalm 91. Psalms 91, verses 9 through 12. Psalm 91, verses 9 through 12. And it reads, Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. So understand, there are angels who defend us and look after us. And so, and in this passage, this is the very passage that when Jesus uh, came off his 40-day 40, 40, uh, fast, that Satan tried to tempt Jesus. This is, one, this is one of the scriptures that Satan uses, because I say Satan knows the scripture too. So he tried to twist this passage against Jesus. He said, oh, go ahead, you know, you know, he said, you know, you jump off this mountain, you know, and the angels, you know, will catch you, etc. So he was trying to tempt Jesus and trying to twist the word of God. But Jesus knew the word of God, so he said, don't, thou should not tempt the Lord thy God. So, uh, so understand. So there are angels who defend us. There are angels who defend you and look after you. And notice there is a prerequisite in order for God to command his angels to, to protect us. There's a prerequisite. It says we must make God our refuge. In other words, we have to trust in God. And when you trust in God, you get the full package, which also comes with his angels looking out for you. And evil will not be able to triumph over you. Even if it appears to be so, we know that God always has the final say. So no matter what, we still win because the enemy is already defeated foe. And these angels aren't even at work. I mean, these, these angels are even at work when we sleep. The enemy also attempts, like I said, to attack us while we're asleep, especially late at night, which is when witches and demons, etc., set their traps and when they're the busiest. That's when the highest spiritual warfare takes place, spiritual activity, demonic activity when we're sleeping, okay? So you may not always be able to see everything in the spirit, but thank God that he told your angels to guard you, and they can see very clearly in the spirit. So these angels also nurture us during our times of weakness. Once again, we must notice that these are God's angels, and they work for God. So again, we are never, never, never to worship an angel. We don't worship angels. We worship God. Angels work for God. So we are never to worship an angel. Make that clear again. So the angels are on assignment from God. Therefore, we worship God for using the angels to minister to us. And your angels are like your personal bodyguard in the spirit. If the enemy tries to attack you, the angels will attack the enemy at your command. And that's why you have to open up your mouth. That's why you have to pray. You can put your angels to flight. You can command your angels to protect, defend, do war in the spirit realm. And this is why it's so important not to allow fear to enter your life. If it does, you must immediately pray against fear so the Holy Spirit can intercede on your behalf and your angels can go to work. 
So fear immediately pushes us out of the spirit. And again, we know fear doesn't come from God. Fear is a demonic spirit that is not removed, can grow and make room for higher ranking evil spirits to enter our life. And that's why I said earlier that fear is one of the hardest working demons that Satan uses because fear can, uh, it's a seed that can grow and it can create room for so many other uh, demons to, to attack us. So that's why we have to continue to pray. That's why we have to war in spiritual warfare. That's why you have to make sure you're employing the angels in your life because you have war, there are warring angels who their main responsibility is to fight. Okay? And of course, yes, you have a guarding angel, you know, and God said, you know, they minister unto you, et cetera, encourage you, et cetera. Push you forward when you feel like giving up, etc. So let's go to Matthew 18 and 10. Matthew 18 and 10. It's one verse here. Matthew 18 and 10. This is an exciting passage. And it says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Their angels. Their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So here we find Jesus talking about children, children of God, who may be looked down upon as the least. So we should not look down on anyone, and especially those who are followers of Christ. This is so because children of God have angels assigned to us. We have angels assigned to us in heaven who always see God's face. So your angels that are assigned to you, your guarding angels, can set up a meeting in heaven on your behalf at any time. So your prayers can get you to the front of the line. I don't care what folks say about you, what it looks like. If you feel like you're the last in line, if you feel like you're the laughing stock, you feel like no one understands you, if you feel like you're to the bottom of the barrel, etc. Your prayers can get you to the front of the line because you have angels that are assigned to you that always sees the face of God and they can set up a meeting in heaven on your behalf any given time. At any time, they can call a meeting with God about you, to tell God about you. And so as a child of God, your status is always the status of royalty, no matter where you are in life at the moment. Situations can change, but you're always God's child. It doesn't matter if the world thinks you're not important, because you are a big deal to God. And God created the world. He created earth. So you are high profile. You are high profile because your angels that serve as your guarding angels, have direct access to the throne of God. And they can see God at any time on your behalf. They can always schedule an appointment. Again, this is why prayer is vital. Your prayers also put your guarding angel to work. God clears his schedule when you set an appointment through prayer. God clears his schedule when you set an appointment through prayer. And our angels have direct access to God and can report directly to God, even when someone attempts to harm us. So we must be careful because an angel can also report to God what wrong we may have done to someone else. But thank God for the blood of Jesus that covers our sin and that Jesus is our advocate. But angels report to God about you. They give God spiritual updates on you, the good and the bad. It's like a spiritual report card. You have a spiritual report card. And this is another reason why he sends them to minister to you and to help you get back on track if we get off track. So thank God for sending angels. To encourage you when you didn't have the strength to encourage yourself. Thank God for sending angels to encourage you when you did not have the strength to encourage yourself. Your angels have an all access pass to the literal throne of God. We, we did a few weeks ago about the, the, the three heavens, okay? 
uh, earth is the first heaven where we all live, etc. And and uh, we have our dominion. The second heaven is where all the spiritual activity and spiritual warfare takes place. And the third heaven was God's literal throne. That's where God's throne is. So the angels have direct access to the literal throne of God. And we do too when we pray. Okay. And like I said before, it's a process. Because the Holy Spirit ushers us to Jesus. And then Jesus ushers us to God the Father. It's a process. Okay. And that's why prayer is important. And that's why time and prayer is important. Okay. So over time, your prayer time should increase. Okay. You start off with five minutes, two minutes. It should increase over time. You up to 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. So it should constantly increase over time. Okay. But the beautiful thing is, like I said, your angels have an all-access pass to the literal throne of God, and they can go to God about you at any given time. So those times, watch this now, this, this part that, that, that's encouraging. Those times when you may not have the words to pray, you can always tell your angel to go and tell God about it. You can tell your angel to tell God about it. Now, we know God knows all and God sees all, etc., but he's still a God of order. That's why... He gave us a job on earth. He could have done it himself, but he's not getting off his, his throne. He, he told us to do the work on earth. So that's why he's doing it here on earth through us. So we have to carry out our responsibility. He gave angels a certain responsibility to minister to us. Certain angels deliver messages to us. Certain angels just do war in the spiritual realm. Okay? So there's angels with different tasks, different functions, etc., different ranks, and all that. Because God has a gigantic, huge government. Okay? So, again, those times, and we know the beautiful thing about it is that, we know that Jesus, Jesus is, our, is our advocate. He also stands in the gap for us. Okay? And sometimes we don't know what we ought to pray, but the, but the, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf and prays according to the will of God. So when you're praying, the Holy Spirit is praying God's will. So when sometimes we're praying a fleshly prayer, the Holy Spirit is praying God's will. And so eventually we want to get to the point where literally we're praying in the Spirit, where the Holy Spirit is, is taking over and praying the will of God. So, again, those times when you may not have the words to pray, you can always tell your angel to go and tell God about it. Again, you have a powerful team, all this power on your side. So how can another child of God be better than you when you both came out the same God? We all came out of the same God. We all are the breath of God. So as humans, we cannot physically see God and live. Flesh cannot see God and live, but our spirit can because it came out of God. To begin with. So you have full access to God in more ways than one. You can access God in prayer, but your angels can go directly to his throne on your behalf. That's a beautiful thing. That's something to be excited about. Right, let's go to Hebrews 1, verses 13 through 14. Hebrews 1, 13 through 14. Hebrews 1, we can rest and it reads, But to which of the angels has ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who inherit salvation? So angels are heavenly spirit beings. And this passage shows us that angels are spirits who are sent forth to minister to those who inherit salvation. And who inherit salvation? Us, humans. We accept Jesus Christ with salvation. So, there, so again, the angels are there sent to minister to us. And this is for those who accept Christ. They bring messages, and they also bring assistance to us here on earth. This, again, shows that we have so much more working in our favor. God assigned angels to work in your life 
because it takes a team to take over on earth for the kingdom of God. God assigned angels to work in your life because it takes a team to take over on earth for the kingdom of God. I can't do it by myself. You can't do it by yourself. We need to work together to do it with our power team. Okay? So only Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. But we know that scripture says we're seated in Christ. So we have access to the things of God, including angels. So God sent angels to help us. But we should help ourselves by praying to God because it keeps you on track. Angels are sent to help us. But watch this now. But they already know God's word. They already know God's word. So they don't do what we command based on our own opinions. They respond to God's word. They are sent to fulfill God's will in our lives. Angels are defenders of God's will. And when we do God's will, they naturally are defenders of us. And so the warring angel's job is to war against Satan and his demons. God's angels have never backed down from a fight, and we should not either because in spiritual warfare, because, we're, because we, are, we rule on earth. We are supposed to rule on earth. So we don't back down. We don't back down from the fight. If the enemy comes on your territory, causing rockets in your life, trying to attack your body with sickness, trying to attack your mind with stress, depression, doubt, trying to attack your family, trying to attack you on your job, then you fight back in the spirit, not in the flesh. Because if you fight back in the flesh, then you give the enemy has an advantage over us in the flesh. He, that's why he prays on the flesh, because he has an advantage over us in the flesh. That's why you have to fight this thing in the spirit, no matter what you may face, no matter what's bothering you, what's challenging you, what obstacle is in your way. You have to fight it in the spirit through prayer, through God's word. And we know that we talk about prayer. And of course, you know, you can communicate with God through prayer. Prayer is, is, is part of your heavenly language. But at the same time, warfare, you have to command demons to go. You have to open up your mouth. That's warfare. When you're commanding the demons to leave, you're commanding whatever's uh, trying to attack you to go. You're uprooting it. You're rebuking it and casting it, casting them out. That's warfare. You're engaging the enemy. You're literally talking to them and commanding them to leave, commanding them to take their hands off of your life in the name of Jesus, commanding them to take their hands off of your family, commanding them to take their hands off of your body, commanding them to take their hands off of your career, your finances, etc. in the name of Jesus. That's warfare. You're engaging them directly. And then in Mr. Warfare, you can say, I, I command my angels to, I command the warring angels to, to fight on my behalf. And they're going to war on your behalf. You see what I'm saying? So you have the power to command angels according to the word of God. And so that's why it's important to know what the word of God says, what are God's promises. No weapon from against me is a prophet. We know that scripture. So again, again, you're, you're, you're doing that. It's like a sword is in your hand. When you pray, it's a sword. It's like a sword. It's going out of you. And it's doing warfare. The enemy is trying to attack you. You're praying. Things happen. Every time you pray, activity happens in the spirit realm. Every time you pray, every time you pray, something happens in the spirit. There's not one time you will pray where some type of spiritual activity does not take place. Now, if you could see it, it would make a whole big difference. And we could see it, you know. And God will grace us sometimes, you know, with certain gifts, you know, to allow us to see certain things in the spirit. We did an entire Bible study last year on activating our five spiritual senses. Okay, touch, taste, see, smell, five senses, our normal five senses. So again, so we'll be able to see certain things in the spirit over time. And, and so, but nonetheless, we have the Holy Spirit. And like I said, you have angels who can see everything that's going on in the spirit. So thank God that they can see it, even when we can't. Okay, so that's why we don't back down in warfare. Let's go to Matthew 1, verses 19 to 21. Matthew 1, verses 19 to 21. All right, and it reads, Then Joseph, her husband, 
being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So understand, angels can also appear in dreams. And this was the account of Mary being pregnant. Joseph knew that he did not have sex with her because they weren't married yet. An angel came to him in a dream and told him not to be afraid because Mary was pregnant through a miraculous act of the Holy Spirit to bring forth Jesus who would save the people from their sins. So dreams occur in the spirit realm. Dreams occur, again, in the spirit realm. As people talk about subconscious, yada, yada, all that. But dreams occur in the spirit realm. And God can send angels to deliver a message in your dream. And angels, watch this now, you to understand. We always think about angels with the wings and the that. But angels won't always appear with wings. They can look like normal human beings because they can take on different forms. Unfortunately, demons can also appear in our dreams and also take on different forms. As though, because they were once angels. So they can transform as well as different forms. That's why scripture tells us to, in other words, be careful how we treat people because you never know when you might be entertaining an angel and you didn't know it. You know, some some random person you, you ran into and they, they said something, whatever, and you never know. That could have been an angel. They're not always going to appear as, as, as with wings because they can, like I said, they can transform. Um, and so, and so understand. So we must understand the difference. Fortune tellers, psychics, Mediums are those who claim they can communicate with the dead or not of God. Watch this now. Demonic familiar spirits can imitate the deceased. You have a loved one that died, etc. Demonic spirits can imitate them and try to come in your dreams. And, and, and that's what these mediums do. They try to say they're communicating with the dead. They're not communicating with the dead. They're communicating with demons who can come, who can put on and take the form of anyone, practically. So people who claim to communicate with the dead or communicate with demonic spirits. And so the enemy may try to attack you in your dreams, but you have the ability to fight back to the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so, again, as these fortune tellers, these psychics, etc., they're, they're using black magic. You know, so it's demonic to, to try to figure out, see what certain things are happening in the spirit. Okay? It's demonic. Because I've seen, well, I went to the psychic and they told me exactly what, yeah, but Satan knows what's going on. You see what I'm saying? Again, so they use black magic, certain powers, demonic powers. Because like I said, Satan and his demons do have power. They do have power, but they don't have power over us, okay? And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to help us discern what's from God, what's not of God. Because the Satan and his demon try to deceive us, to try to come a certain way, to try to throw us off, to try to get us to pull us in. And so one way they would try to do is try to get through your dreams, try to attach you that way, to try to sow seeds in your dreams. Um, and we might get into that a little bit later about dreams and and how that works, I uh, mean, how certain, uh, how God sends angels to share in your dreams, and also uh, how dreams are prophetically for things that are going to happen in your life, and also how Satan and his demons can try to get into your dreams uh, and try to sow a seed. But you go into details, so many different things, you know, if you have dreams of dogs and dogs biting you, or, you know, so many different things that we could get into. Uh, if you if you had dreams about having sex with someone, and et cetera, that's, that's again, that's a demonic spirit that entered. Uh, and I said, we'll get into we'll get into that later. I'm not going to get into that now. I'll show you where that takes place. I'll, I'll walk you through scripture and we talk about how, some of those demonic spirits and how they enter your dreams. Well, that's for later in this series. But just want to put that out there that 
angels get into your dreams and demons get into your dreams. And so, but the beautiful thing about it is that the enemy has no power over us when we're in Christ and we need to fight back in the spirit realm. Okay? All right. So understand, it's possible to have uh, dreams, like I said, about loved ones who, who, who are deceased because they're in your heart. But seeking someone to help you communicate with them is not of God because you're not, you, can, you can't communicate with them. They're in heaven or hell, wherever, you know, wherever they went, but that you can't communicate with the dead. Okay? So there's nothing wrong with memorials in honor of someone, someone's life, or keeping things that remind you of a loved one, etc. That's just your love for them. But if they're in heaven, if they're in heaven, they can see all the great things in their life and the bad. So they're just in heaven saying, I declare that you shall be the woman of God. God calls you. I declare you should be the man of God. God calls you. So they can see. If, if you've had a loved one that's deceased, they can see your special occasions. There's certain places in heaven they can go and look down, and they can see your birthdays. They can see your graduation. They can see your marriage, your wedding. They can see it. God, God, God loves us so much. Loves them and say, okay, look, you can see. Now, trust me, they don't want to come back. I assure you, they don't want to come back. Okay, uh, but they're on it. If anything, if you get off track, certain things. All they're saying is, I declare you shall be uh, the man of God. God's called you. I declare you should be the woman of God. You called to be, and they go back to their life in heaven. But, but just to encourage some of you who have, have a loved one has gone, they can see your special occasions. They can see your weddings. They can see uh, your your promotions, your great up, all these great things. They can see it. They get to see it. You know, scriptures talk about a cloud of witnesses in heaven. They're a part of that cloud of witnesses. They can see it. That's something to be excited about. But you can't communicate with them. So anyway, so and they don't want to come back. Trust me. So it's all good. They're in a great place. There, understand. And also, those who have deceased, they aren't assigned to come back to earth to inter interact with you, nor do they become angels. When we die, go to heaven, we don't become an angel. Angels are angels. You don't die and become an angel. Okay? Because angels were created before us. Okay? So when we die, we just go back to heaven. We don't get no wings and all that. We are pretty much younger. You don't pretty much, you don't, you're not no older than like 30-something in, in heaven, I believe. Some those who have encounters with heaven and, you know, you know the stories add up. You know, most of the people who got taken up to heaven and, he said, I've got taken up a couple of times, but I only saw like one part of heaven, or a couple parts of heaven. But there's people who, who God takes all the time, all the time, all the time. Um, and they come back and kind of talk about some of the things that they experienced uh, from heaven. Even that movie that came out, Heaven is for Real. I actually saw that story a little bit before, well, well before that movie came out about the little boy who pretty much had died on the table. And then and he went to heaven and uh, he saw uh, a number of things. He saw, of course, Jesus. Uh, he saw, he didn't even know that the parents, his parents had lost a child, but he saw his sister in heaven. And then, so that's when, at first they were like, okay, he's just talking, but he starts saying certain things. Like, wait a minute, that was our daughter. You saw our daughter, you know, like you saw a grand, you saw, you know, one, I think the mom's uh, father or the dad's father, something like that, and et cetera. So now he got to see some of uh, his deceased uh, family members in heaven, et cetera. And so that's how they began to take him seriously. Like, wait a minute, what, what, you, maybe he did go to heaven. So I'm saying that, but when we die, go ahead, we don't become an angel because angels were created before us and so all that stuff. So nonetheless, uh, so understand, so if we died in Christ, if they died in Christ, they're cheering you on in heaven. And so understand that God can also deal with us through dreams, as I've been saying. And there's some messages that God will get to you through your dreams because there are so many different ways that God can use to get your attention. And as we see from this passage, God sends angels to help you to not make a major spiritual mistake. They want you to move forward in the things of God, and it's part of their job description to help you get there. 
as I say, the Holy Spirit teaches us, and the angels help us help to enforce what was taught to us. Okay? And again, so you have these angels that are working on your behalf. Okay? And so praise God for sending an angel to block your path and turn you around when you were headed in the wrong direction. So praise for that. He would ever turn you around when you were headed in the wrong direction. He, he sent angels to block it on your behalf. Okay? Let's go to Luke 15 and 10. Luke 15 and 10. So, so again, we see this importance of working with angels and, and how much we have at our disposal, how much that we have that's working in our favor. There's nothing for you to be to worry about. You have these angels who can go to God on your behalf at any given time. That even when you're at your weakest moment and you can't say a word, you can tell your angel to go tell God about it. You can't lose. You can't lose. Satan has been trying to get you to believe that you're defeated, that, you're, that your current situation is how it's going to be. That's what he wants you to believe, but you have to fight back in the spirit realm. That's why we're doing this entire series on spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare training, because you need to know how to engage the enemy in warfare, because he's going to fight you. They're going to come at you, and it's not your job to go hide in no corner, because God said, I give you the power of the Holy Spirit, the authority of Jesus Christ. It is not your job to run. It is your job to rule on this earth. Understand? And again, like I said, we talked last week about the power team. You got God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, angels, brothers and sisters in Christ. Any one of the five is enough to win in spiritual warfare, and you have all five. And just like we said earlier, that when Jesus said that he could pray and warfare, and, he, and God could send 72,000 angels for one fight. You can pray, and if necessary, depending on how big the warfare is, God can send 72,000 angels to fight on your behalf. One war, one battle. You can't lose. You cannot lose. And that's what God has been saying. Look at my word. When he said, we walk by faith, not by sight. If you walk, if you walk by sight, what you see in the flesh, you're, you're falling right into Satan's trap. Like I said, the only advantage Satan and his demons have over us is in the flesh. He wants you to feel like you're defeated. He wants you to feel all these different things and get caught up in your emotions and not in your faith. Because he knows when you're in your faith, your faith is tied to God, and then now you're in the spirit, and that now you, when you're in the spirit, look at everything that's at your disposal. Everything that you have at your, that, that, again, the power of the Holy Spirit alone can do it. Then you get the authority of Jesus Christ. Then you have God the Father sitting on the throne. Then he can dispatch his angels to war on your behalf. You can command your angels. You can command angels to, to, to fight on your behalf. You can't lose. You can't lose. So I want, I, I'm, I'm going to say it and tell it in your mind. You cannot lose, but we got to get in the spirit. we got to look at it in the spirit. All right, Luke 15 and 10. It says, likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So angels rejoice when a sinner repents because they hate sin just as God hates sin. They rejoice when we get back in right standing with God. And Satan tries to get us to walk in the flesh instead of the spirit. As I said, because he knows that he's no match for us when we're walking in authority. When we sin, we're essentially telling our angels to stay away. This is why we must repent. God expects the angels to do their job, and sometimes we make our angels' job more difficult than it has to be. So make life a little bit easier for the angels God has assigned to you by simply being obedient to God. By simply being obedient to God. Okay, and so when you obey God, you're working hand in hand with angels to fulfill his will on earth as it is in heaven. And like I said, to fulfill God's will on this earth, it's so big 
and that's why it takes an entire team to do it. Okay? And so angels rejoice when you accepted Christ in your life. And when you accepted Christ in your life, there was a party in heaven and your honor and your honor to celebrate you. And you're that valuable in God's kingdom. And they're celebrating because you came back on the team. And watch this now. Remember when Jesus said, Jesus said that uh, I'm going to prepare, before he left, he said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many mansions, et cetera, et cetera. So he said, I'm going to, I'm going to prepare a place. So that means that it's actively being prepared. It's not already complete. So your mansion is actively being built in heaven right now. Your mansion is actively being built. And every time you say yes to God, you're adding another piece onto it. And this is why we have to complete our assignments on earth. So your, your mansion is already finished. It's actively being built. Every time you say yes to the will of God, you get another piece that's added on to your mansion in heaven. It's a beautiful thing. So we got to keep saying yes to God. Keep doing God's will so that your mansion can continue to be being built. We don't want construction to slow down on that thing now. Because I, I want my mansion. I want, and, and a beautiful thing about the mansion in heaven, and again, we'll, we'll get into this another time, but they're, they're, they're catered to you. Your, your mansion in heaven are catered to you. It, it, you know, no, no one mansion looks exactly alike. Uh, I, I've even heard stories about how those people who, you know, divers, people who love the sea, you know, there's some underwater mansions. And, of course, they're not in heaven, so it's not like they have to, you know, they can breathe underwater. It's nothing like that. So anything to you, whatever your style is, whatever you liked on earth, like your mansion is catered toward you. It's catered toward you. And, and so when Scripture in Old Testament, there's a memorial being built in heaven. There's a, so when you do God's will, there's, there are memorials. So you, you're praising God and you're worshiping God. There's like, it's like a memorial up to heaven, and, those, and, those, and they're placed inside your mansion. There's like plaques. They're like pictures. They're like placed inside your mansion. And like I said, each mansion looks differently. It, it, it's catered to your personal. Your personal style on earth actually does matter. What you do on earth actually does matter. Okay, if, if, if you love cooking on earth, you, you, you'll, you'll be cooking in heaven. You'll be a chef in heaven. Um, it's, it's heaven is just it's gigantic. It's so much. I'm not going to get into it now because it's too much to even begin to cover. But what you do on here matters. Everything you do here matters. What you like here matters. So let's just start by being obedient to the will of God and doing what God's called us to do. And you have all this at your disposal because God loves you that much and you're that important to heaven. So we have to work with angels, and you have angels who are working on your behalf. You have a guardian angel who's pushing you to do the will of God, who's reinforcing what the Holy Spirit taught you, who's guarding you. And you have warring angels who will fight, literally fight on your behalf. You can't lose. And that's all our scriptures for this night. Of course, you've got to go back and keep hearing it. You're not going to get all this in one sitting. I say it time and time again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've got to hear it over and over and over again until it becomes a part of who we are. And of course, we've been talking about warfare, important spiritual warfare, and our role in spiritual warfare. And I posted a video. Go, you can find it on YouTube, the Core Green Ministries. That's my YouTube page. And we've been talking about the power and authority of Jesus Christ. You know, as I'm saying, on Bible study, and how it's our job to bring the light. Uh, it's our job to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, because God gave us that power and authority. It wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't just for preachers. It wasn't just for people with a healing ministry. We all have a healing ministry because God places in us. But uh, on that video, you'll see a young lady, and now people got healed in that service, but a young lady was telling about how she had this pain on her right side, and one of her sides, the left side, and she couldn't sleep on it for two and a half years. Uh, but uh, she came up 
after service. Actually, she didn't come during the service. She came at me after service. Uh, laid hands, prayed for her, uh, declared healing, released the Holy Ghost fire in her body, and she came back uh, the service. Uh, like uh, the next day, whatever she came at, but she said that for the first time in two and a half years, she was able to lay on that side. But the beautiful thing about this, because again, again, the, the beautiful thing about this, she got the she got the message because I also said about the importance. I've been telling you all that you have the same power of the Holy Spirit once you accept Christ in you have the same authority. And so she had got this pain on her back or side or something, and she laid hands on herself and, and, and prayed and, and, and released power of God in her life. And the pain went away. And so she got the lesson. She caught it. And just like that. So it's our job. I said, your job to bring light and the darkness on your job, uh, in your community, your home, et cetera. So you are, you can lay hands, sick and recover, be set free, et cetera. So we, so again, this is the word being alive. And as I say time and time again, you are part of this generation. This is the generation that will not just talk about the power, but we will walk in the power. We will demonstrate the power. You will demonstrate the power. You will demonstrate the power of something I'm going to be doing now uh, just to continue to build. And that part of the reason I post, post that video is to build your faith, um, to know that you can do this too. And um, and so this is something that I'm going to do ongoing. I'm going to keep adding different videos of praise reports of people who are healed and, you know, different situations of that, uh, that faith. So you can know that you have this power. This is time we've been talking about. And that's what I've been telling you. You can't just hear this word and go off life as normal. Okay? It's just real. And if you apply, I promise you. If you apply what you've been hearing on these Bible studies, again, we're on part eight on this particular series. This is a powerful series, and you can just grasp it. I'm telling you, you will you will see the change. You will see the transformation in your life, okay? And it came with an attack. It did come with an attack. This, it, it came with a cost. But, again, I, I'm not preaching something that I'm not living, okay? The same way I'm telling you to go out in the community. I told you last week I went out to the mall, the outlets, and the and I was looking for someone who was crippled. I was looking for someone who, who, who was in a wheelchair or something. Because this is my territory that God assigned to me to rule in. And I'm supposed to bring the kingdom of God in this territory where you are on your job, your community, wherever. You are to bring the power and, the, and, and authority with you. Okay? Because it's God's business. And so because it's God's business, it is your business. Okay? And even today, uh, my, my own personal experience. Okay? So all the people that got healed and service, what happened Today, I was in the gym playing basketball, normal day, playing basketball at the gym, and then I just had this pain in my chest. It was just like, uh, I can't explain it. It, was, it, 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 it felt like like you have a cramp, but it was like a cramp in your chest. And so I felt the pain, felt the pain, and I'm kind of like, okay. You know, I've kind of flirted with it. kind of came up periodically before in the past, but I, I, once I prayed on it, prayed on it, it went away, okay? But today, for some reason, it was the worst it ever was. It came back. It, had, it, went, it was gone for a couple months, and it came back. But it was the worst it's ever been to the point where I couldn't even finish the game that I was playing. I had to tell someone to take my spot. I started getting my, my, my eyes got blurry. I couldn't see. I felt lightheaded. felt dizzy. felt like I couldn't stand up, like I was going to pass out. So I kept rebuking that spirit, rebuking that spirit of pride. I'm not going to pass out. I'm not going to pass out. And the pain was just like unbearable. It almost like would have brought tears to you how bad the pain was. And uh, it made you real tired. I felt weak. I was kind of slouching over. And I was like, no, I'm not. And I kept praying and started praying in tongues. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to let this thing get me. And so I'm rebuking the spirit, rebuking the spirit of infirmity. And then as I was feeling this, and keep in mind, and again, because this is the enemy trying to attack. The enemy started last night in my dreams. Right when I went to sleep, the attack came on me, okay? And then today, they, they, they started tag team on me at the gym. Again, that spirit came on me again. But watch God now. As I was praying, sitting on that bench, I looked up. And our gym is like this big track that goes around the top. I looked up. 
and I saw this man on his wheelchair, and he just kept going around the track, going around the track, you know, in his wheelchair. I was like, so I guess, I don't know, he's working out his arms or something, but I guess the more he went, his, his heart rate would probably build up. So I just went up there, and I said, devil, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. Even even how I feel right now, you're not going to win because I see that man, and it's my job to bring light to darkness. The enemy has attacked his body, so I went up and talked to him, and actually he was a Christian, etc. didn't matter because I still was going to release the power of God, and I said, uh, he told me his spine was severed. How long he was, he said he was in a wheelchair for 21 years, his spine was severed. And I looked at, he was on the phone, he had his earpiece, and I was like, okay, I don't care. I said, uh, it's all right, I pray for you, whatever, I said, believe in, I believe in the healing power of God. And he said, sure, please, yes. So I prayed for him, and, and I told him, I said, well, I believe that when I look up here again, that you're going to uh, be walking. He said, oh, man, I, I, I pray that I'll be running. I said, there you have it. And so, and so understanding, too, that there's sometimes when we will pray, it's going to happen right then. It's going to happen right then. But what I do know, just like when you go back and look at that video I talked on YouTube, her pain didn't go away right away. It went, but I told him, I said, one or two things going to happen. It's going to happen right now. It's not the healing power of God. Uh, the power of the Holy Spirit went through your body, and it's doing the work. It's doing the work now. And so that's why she came back. And so the Holy Spirit was doing the work on her because it was released in her life. And that's why she came back. After two and a half years, she could sleep on her on her side. And then so the same man, I'm, I'm believing God. Well, it's already done because it's, it's God's will that we're healed. So if his body is attacked. That's not God's will. So it's my job when I saw darkness to bring light. And so I know that when it's said and done, this man is going to get out of that wheelchair after 21 years. And I'm looking forward to the praise report. I'm looking forward to sharing it because I promise you I'm going to get that on camera. And uh, just to know that this is not something that I'm just talking about. This is not something that we're just coming up with theory. It's not enough to just preach the word. It's not enough just to declare the word. You have to live this word, and it comes with power. It comes with demonstration on your job. God planted you there for a reason. He placed something in you for a reason. So you have to bring light to darkness. You are bringing the kingdom of God where God has planted you. And I assure you, you continue to walk in that power and that authority. You will see the results, not just in your life, but in the lives of others and watch God. And I'm excited about this time that we're in because he made it clear that we are that generation. That will not just talk about the power. We will demonstrate the power of God on the earth. There will be folks who will come to you when they have problems. They're like, hey, you need to go to them because they pray for you. Hey, let me tell you what happened in my life. When they say something, it happens. When they pray, it happens. People will come to you. The world will start coming to you. I'm talking about you. I'm talking to you listening under the sound of my voice right now. You have been empowered because you have the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit I have you have, the same authority I have you have. We just got to continue to sharpen our faith. Sharpen off it to continue to go deeper into things of God and watch God do it. So I will close us out in prayer for this night. Father God, we come now to give name all glory, honor, and praise. Oh God, we thank you, Lord God, for the word that went forth on this night. Oh God, we thank you, oh God, that the faith of these your people have been stirred up, oh God. We thank you, oh God, just for reminding us, oh God, that we have angels, oh God, that we can partner with, angels that we can work with, oh God, to do your will in the earth, oh God. So we just thank you, oh God, for just... Uh, the power team that we have with you and uh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, angels, our brothers and sisters of Christ. We just thank you, O oh God, for all that we have, dear God, uh, to work with, all we have that are working in our favor, O oh God. And I declare these, your people who are listening under the sound of my voice, O oh God. I declare they shall walk boldly, boldly in the things of you, O oh God. I declare their eyes of understanding shall be open, O oh God. I stir up and activate the gifts in them now in the name of Jesus. I declare their eyes of understanding shall be open, O oh God, that they shall see clear in the spirit. They shall hear 
deeper in the spirit, oh God, that we shall have a zeal for you like never before, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, I thank you, oh God, that your spirit of peace shall continuously rest upon their lives, oh God. For we know that because they accepted Christ that your presence is always with them, oh God. So I declare your presence shall be manifested in their lives, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, I thank you for their strength, oh God. I declare joy in their life, oh God. I thank you for the praise report that shall come out of their lives, oh God. And I thank you for the lives that they will touch, the lives that they will impact when they bring the kingdom of God into the lives of others, oh God. And I just thank you, oh God. We bless your name. We glorify your name now. We come up against every demon, every demonic attack that will try to pull us back, that will try to pull us down, that will try to snatch this word. We rebuke it. We curse it now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we plead the blood of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to be a, continue to be a hedge of protection all around us, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for your angels, O oh God, that are protecting us, O oh God. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us and guiding us on the way of righteousness. So, Lord, we praise your name. We glorify your name now. These and all blessed. We ask you, your son, Jesus, and we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. So that's all I have for you tonight. Remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle Green signing out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. Good night. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.